Welcome to the Standardized Patients Podcast. I am your host and independent contractor extraordinaire, Katie Culligan. In this podcast, we dive into the who, what, why, and huh of this quirky industry that no one's ever heard of. So what's a standardized patient, you may ask? Well, a standardized patient is a... A standardized patient, to be totally honest with you, in my opinion, is a crash test dummy for medical students. <laughs> That's what we do. They they practice their trade on us, and when they crash us, they can crash us without with a net, with a net, and it's for their benefit. But yes, uh, in terms of sheer enjoyment, it's crash test dummies for medical students. I love it. That's fantastic and so true. <laughs> this is Cliff McMullen. Thank you for being here, Cliff. A little bit about Cliff here. He has been active in the arts, primarily acting, for approximately 20 years. A native Washingtonian, he has studied his craft locally and in New York. His theater training is a combination of Shakespearean and contemporary theater. And he received his AA from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York and has studied at the Folger Theater in Washington, D.C., along with many regional and improvisational groups. Welcome, Cliff. Hello, hello. Hi. I'm sorry. Did someone come in? Was that about me? <laughs> oh, that, I sure that, hope that, that so. Was that was me. Uh, the Wikipedia. I, I didn't mean Wikipedia. to embellish so much. Yeah, but it was it's me. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank it's you, ma'am. So you've been uh, kind of doing the the coast, the East Coast thing in New York and D.C. primarily for, for about 20 years. Yeah, you know, there's always a, two sides to every sword. You know, running up and down the East Coast for many years to audition, to jobs was my passion. You know, sometimes, oh, for instance, I run to North Carolina for an audition. Mm -hmm. Six hours on the road down there. Oh, Do the audition, turn around and come back home. Then I get a call. Cliff, you got a call back. <laughs> oh my goodness the only reason i went was to get a call back but after driving six hours it was like cliff do you really want this job <laughs> but anyway i i digress yes i did and did you book it no i didn't oh i'm sorry oh no no sorrier than i was believe yeah me. i bet with all of those, <laughs> those miles logged in your car yes, i hope indeed. you got to listen to some yeah. good podcasts or music or something yes Wait. indeed yes indeed yeah. Yeah, that east coast is surprisingly big to have to do. yeah 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 so okay we got a lot of info about your theater training which uh -huh. i could literally talk to you about for hours but I know you today, and it, the reason that you're here today in particular is because you are a standardized patient as well. Uh, so SP. SP. Yes, standardized so, patient, an occupation that no one has heard of. What do you do? I'm an SP. What the heck is that? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. you say crash test dummy, maybe. For mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, Cliff, how long have you been a standardized patient for? Katie, uh, to be totally honest with you, uh, somewhere around 15 years or more right on i have been doing this only because my acting work had come to a standstill if, if you ask any actor about standstill stops or droughts everybody knows oh yeah you know i was going through a drought couldn't buy any work mm. uh, an actor friend of mine told me to that at that particular time there was an actor's hotline and they would uh, tell you about auditions tell you about potential jobs i called the number and about the third time i called it there was a facility in another city that was starting a standardized patient program 
<laughs> portraying sick people. I said, I'm not that far from sick. I can do that. So, uh, <laughs> so I went to that other city, started working as a standardized patient. Katie, I've been hooked ever since. Yeah. I've yeah. been hooked ever since. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. from day one, you just you just got into it and, and then started working at more schools, correct? Yes. I would go to another city, work there for sometimes four hours, and then I'd come back to this city and work for another four hours. And then the next day I'd be booked at another facility for four hours. <laughs> and after a while, I'm speaking about years, I got tired of travel. I mean, this is local travel. Yeah. And I got tired of doing that. So I'm almost really based at one school now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> Commuting is hard, especially in the DMV area. I mean, I know LA is like this. New York is not easy, but the yeah, DC, Maryland, Virginia, Northern Virginia, it's like traffic is rough, and parking can be rough, and it can be just as stressful to get onto some of these campuses sometimes. Then you know, <laughs> I think you and I know what we're talking about. But but yeah, so you've been doing it for about fifteen years or more. You or more. learned about it from a actor's hotline is that correct so it's a hotline. that is correct just out of curiosity how did they describe the job on the hotline do you remember we're seeking actors to portray either doctors or people with medical problems okay. so for students medical mm -hmm. students yeah so doctors as well they were interested in you portraying a doctor and when i first got started i was portraying a doctor but i had nothing to say they just wanted me in the room uh to be a doctor figure and this was only during the end of life scenarios that we were oh, doing boy. portraying yeah oh. yeah those are heavy and actually yeah that that kind of brings me to our topic for today we're going to be talking about breaking bad news encounters now oh. what is breaking bad news right so it's not breaking bad <laughs> it is, uh, <laughs> which I think a spinoff would be great. Um, yeah. But <laughs> Breaking Bad News Encounters can deal with end-of-life scenarios where students have to give bad news to patients. It could be anything mm -hmm. from telling a patient that they have cancer, telling a patient that their baby has a congenital disease. I did one of those recently, among many, many other things. So it's something that med students have to learn how to do because unfortunately, you know, medicine is a lot about saving lives, right? But yeah, it's also yeah. unfortunately sometimes about patient care and support when things are just not going to work out in the long run. Cliff, what has been your experience with these breaking bad news encounters that you've had? Oh, they've, uh, as you alluded to earlier, they're a little more on the serious side. There's either a scenario set up that someone's in grave danger or the doctor needs to consult you as a parent of a kid who's ill, whether or not to keep the respirator on or let nature take its natural course. Mm -hmm. I have a story about a, an end of life situation. I was the father. There was another actress, my wife, a young kid was our child laying in the bed. I forget the disease, but it wasn't good. They were wondering if they were trying to break the bad news to us about pulling the plug on our child because oh. he would not survive. And in the room was a doctor, chief surgeon, and a clergy person, and myself and my wife. That's five of us in the room. Now, this is all improvisation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not really scripted. But the doctor has to very politely and succinctly tell the parents their child's not going to make it. Mm. This is an improv. 
They conveyed that information to my wife and myself. Okay, this is improv, but my wife should have at least given me a hint. Uh-oh. She took the information, her eyes rolled up in her head, and this woman fainted on me. <gasps> what? In the room. She didn't, I mean, it's all improv, but if you're going to faint, you better tell somebody because that floor was hard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so she fainted. Standing next to me, I realized what was going on. I grabbed her. And the weight of me grabbing her, pushing into me, I fell backwards. I hit the surgeon. The surgeon hit the clergy person who was a, a female priest, and she hit the floor. So I'm standing there with my wife. The priest is on the floor. And I'm like, and I dropped my wife. It helped the clergy person up. But then the chief surgeon went over and got the clergy person. I told the woman who was my wife, if you ever do this again with me, I'm not going to catch you. <laughs> That's I'm going to let you bounce on the floor. Wow. So you actually did catch her, but it was a it domino effect. It was exactly. It was the domino effect. I <laughs> caught her. My weight carried me into the surgeon. The surgeon weight carried him into the female clergy person who fell on the floor. On the hard floor. On the hard and these floor. Were all actors? Like the clergy? No, the only actors were myself and my wife. Oh, boy. The, clerk, the surgeon was there for training. The clergy person was there for training. Everybody was there for training except the woman who played my wife and myself. Wow. There was an imaginary kid in the bed. Oh, okay. That was going to ask. Where have you yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Imaginary kid in the bed. <sighs> and we laughed about that thing for years. Girl. I bet. Yeah. Did you laugh in the room or did you wait till after? Katie, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. After I saw the clergy person was all right, after she got up off the floor, was brushing herself off, I went into this roar. Do <laughs> 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 no, What about the fainting wife? Did she laugh or did she stay fainted, quote unquote? No, she was looking at me and talking about, I'm sorry, I knew I should have said something to you or elbowed you or something to let you know. I said, you damn sure should have. <laughs> yeah. You know, suppose I, if I hadn't been paying attention, you would have been bouncing up and down on the floor. Yeah. And it did nothing for conveying technique to the people who were supposed to be learning something that day. Right. But it was funny <laughs> yeah, it sure is funny i can, i would watch that scene um <laughs> but if that, yeah, rewind yeah. And, and watch yeah. that oh my goodness and yeah. was that a long time ago or was that more of a reason no that was when i first got started wow back in when i told you i went to another city mm -hmm. uh, answered the call for standardized patients mm -hmm. they gave me my first standardized patient job and that's where it took place now have you worked with this scene partner since i've seen her around at auditions <laughs> and stuff I didn't want to be involved with her in those kind of scenarios, only because there has to be a trust factor. Oh, going yeah. On, you yeah. know, you can't just not tell anyone you're going to faint and expect them to catch you. Yeah. At I mean, least that's, that's like where stunt, I'm coming from, you know. Stunt choreography right there. <laughs> yeah. You, you need, you need like, a person in charge to help make that work safely, let alone yeah. at least let your fellow actor know. That's, yeah. That is bonkers. That is really, yeah. really funny. Then there comes a time when laughter arrives out of the own situation that the situation present laughter but 
it sort of happened organically. I was at another institution training students. The students at this institution, they had teams of students. Three students outside of the exam room watching what was going on in the exam room. There was me on the table. The student was performing the interview and physical. And then there was another student in the room watching what this student was doing and taking notes. Mm -hmm. So you know the test where they say, follow my finger, <laughs> you know, for your eyes and look this way, cover one eye and how many fingers am I holding? That whole scenario. So this particular woman, she was going through the eye exam and she got confused with how many fingers she was supposed to hold up and her face got contorted. I got scared. I thought she was having a problem as a student. So I simply asked, ma'am, are you okay? And she said, I'm trying to tell you. And then the student in the room with her taking notes giggled. Oh. Then I giggled. Then the student giggled. And then... <laughs> The laughter was outside of the room, looking through the window on the observation. They were laughing. They were laughing their patoobies off. You know? And we had, I almost fell off the exam table. So the preceptor knocked on the door, came in the room. But she had a smile on her face. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, she had a smile. And said, would you folks like to start again? And I said, well, it's up to her. She said, no, let's take it from where I left off. And that was it. But oh, we great. laughed and we laughed. They had to come in the room and check on. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of room for humor, like even in the most serious situations or something that's a little bit more casual, like an eye exam, <laughs> the H test, the, the wiggling of the fingers for the Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. know, I've ever been like, I'm sure in a show or some scenario where you're on stage and somebody loses it or watching one even and somebody starts laughing. It's, it's contagious. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I've got experience in all of that junk. <laughs> I believe it. I 100%. Yeah. And I have to yeah. say, so I was really, really fortunate. I've actually been singing your praises for several months here. I should probably should have been doing it for years, really, since I've known you. But I had the good fortune of getting to witness some of your cases, you acting as an mm -hmm. SP over virtual Zoom in the past mm -hmm. like year, year and some change because of oh. most of our work has been online. Yeah, and, oh, that's right. That's mm -hmm. right. And so for one one of the cases, we uh, SPs will get paired with other standardized patients in a virtual breakout room for mm -hmm. virtual work, and then the students will come in the breakout room. And so as one patient is portraying the case, we have one or two observers for quality control. Yes. We also have an admin person. And a breakout mm -hmm. room is when you're in a Zoom chat or WebEx, and you mm -hmm. break out from a main room into smaller groups. So there's privacy for those SP encounters. It would be like if That's you were going right. into a separate room in real yeah. life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, multiple times I've gotten to witness Cliff doing just, I think, one of the best portrayals, truly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, of a Breaking Bad News encounters, quite literally. I won't say what the encounter was, but it was one okay. where the student had to inform you that you had cancer. Um, oh, and, yeah. and what I loved yeah. about your portrayal of this patient, because we would all do it and everybody has their own flavor. We have mm -hmm. this information that we have to get out, of course, and how we have sure. to react. But within that, we get a lot of room for improv and, mm -hmm. and how we can put our own flavor into this character. And what I love about yours is yours is a full one act play. Your character, <laughs> and this is again, very true. 
a story arc, you would start just with the characters so happy, so vibrant. You're coming in, you're joking around with the student. You you don't know why you're there. You think you're there to fill some medication. And then the students have to, yeah, you know which one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, the students mm-hmm, then have mm-hmm. to eventually realize that you don't understand that you have some issues and are eventually you have colon cancer, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they have to break that news to you. And I remember like some of these days, you know, we're tired and it's on Zoom, so it can be hard to concentrate. But I was glued to my screen with your portrayal because you started off so high and then they told you the news. And by the end, I don't know if you were actually crying, but I think I was. as the viewer (laughs) because it was so heartbreaking to see the nuance and the the real like hurt that you were able to portray with this character that I mean Mm -hmm. talk about a great experience in a challenging way for these students to deal with somebody that is coming in just not knowing what's in store for them and these are you know anywhere from what second year med students maybe that they then have to have this experience that even though they know that it's all fake that it also you're making it feel very real and unfortunately there will be a day if they continue yeah. their career path that they will have to deal yeah. with that and probably many more so yeah. i first of all i applaud you but i have to say that because we were virtual i was able to see that and mm-hmm. a lot of times with normal standardized patient work we don't have that experience to get that same one-on-one especially with people that are not necessarily in our demographic like i'm going to watch a lot of cases and encounters where i would play that patient to, you know, 20 to 30 something female, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was really very cool to see that. But yeah, so how was your experience with that? I'd love to hear kind of what went into your character development of this case. Okay. <laughs> okay, Katie, how much money do I owe you for that <laughs> glowing? <laughs> As you spoke, I, I started remembering the exact case that you were referring to. I'd done the case a couple of times and I'm trying to get some emotion out of the student or let the student see that just because you come in thinking it should be one way may not be that way all the time. And in my warped mind, I came up with the thought of, let me make friends with students and let me crack jokes with the student. Let me get the student laughing and see if they can make that U-turn mm. when it's time to make that U-turn. And honestly, Katie, sometimes I feel bad about doing it. And I've apologized to the students afterwards, but I told them that was my job. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you get to this scenario in real life is another story, but it's best to have some kind of experience because more than likely it will come up. Mm -hmm. And it's harder to make that transition Mm -hmm. from this is my buddy, we're talking, he's telling me jokes. Oh my goodness, now I gotta tell him he's got cancer. Mm -hmm. How am I gonna do that? So that was my own little personal, I had to call it a gimmick, but I think it helps teach the student to be prepared for anything. Yeah. To be prepared for anything. Yeah. Because yeah, you never know what you're going to get. And you know, with all of these Breaking Bad news encounters, so mm-hmm. obviously I was mentioning virtual, of course, long before the pandemic, we would do these in person, sometimes one-on-one. Yes. One, and mm-hmm. sometimes, I don't know if you've had this experience doing them in small groups where... Uh. 
Yeah, where I can say from my experience, a lot of times I've been in a small group setting where they have to break over the course of this one particular case, five to eight years, they have to break bad news to me multiple times about breast cancer. And mm -hmm. so the first one you're going in just for a medicine refill. And then the second time they're telling you you have cancer, the mm -hmm. third one, etc. It eventually, unfortunately, winds up with them end of life, you're in hospice, and yeah. they are coming to you and you are are saying thank you to them. Thank yeah. you for being such a good doctor. And what's fascinating about this particular case is that we don't leave the room. It will be in between those moments of encounters. They'll switch students. And so I will pretend that this student is the same doctor I've been seeing the entire time. Yeah. And they will do timeouts with their preceptor, their attending, their teacher. And when the timeouts happen, we as a standardized patient have to go into neutral mode, meaning even if we've just been crying, we kind of just compose ourselves stay neutral until they say time in and then we're on to our next part of the encounter and that can be yeah. a challenge just in its own right of of that willing suspension of disbelief but also being able to pull yourself in and out of these really intense moments and these intense emotions that can go anywhere from normal to really really upsetting and, and crying and even yelling and screaming depending on how you choose to portray this particular moment and one thing that i've found in our trainings is that they've always said you know you don't have to cry you just have to be authentic so mm -hmm. if if one day you're feeling like oh my gosh i'm sobbing here i am because they told me this news the next day you might be yelling and cursing at the powers that be how could this happened to me. And that's the same patient. It's the same person. They're just reacting a different way because you're an actor. That's how you're feeling. And that's how you're taking in that information and emotion. Have you experienced that at all, Cliff? Yeah, very much so. You hit the nail right on the head. When I first started doing that, I was like boohooing and they would give me uh, Kleenexes and whatever. And by the end of the day, driving home, it was like, jeez, why am I so down? <laughs> you know, somebody may call me on the phone while I'm driving and I notice my conversation with them is a little distant. Mm -hmm. And then I realize I left everything that I had in the exam room. <laughs> right. yeah. So I had to go and fix Cliff, which yeah. meant I had to create that environment, but I didn't have to go as deep as I had been going with either sobbing or crying or anger or... Girl, you got me tearing up, man. Oh, about <laughs> See, real emotion. These are true things that we go through, and we can even bring ourselves back to those cases. Yeah, sometimes I'm in it with the student, mm -hmm. and we're making good eye contact, and they're delivering the news. And in my mind, I'm searching for some past tragedies in my life mm -hmm. so I can recall them and maybe at an appropriate time just push that button lightly yeah. so I can get a little trouble in my voice so I can get a little watery in my eye but you know what's rewarding about all of this what's that I've left institutions for the end of the day. My job was over and I'm going out standing either at the metro stop or on the elevator in that institution. And there comes a student that I had seen earlier today Ooh. and they give out praise and they shake your hand mm. and they thank you for the work that you do to help them. Mm -hmm. And that is the most rewarding feeling for me. Mm -hmm. It might be money for other people. <laughs> it might be a good meal, a tuna sandwich, and some chips, and a strawberry soda for other people. But when a student 
that I remembered from a class earlier today comes up and said, excuse me, sir. We want to, and there's two or three of them standing there. We want to thank you for what you did for us today. It was, it taught us so much and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, now I'm fighting back the tears for real now. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with a big truck. Yeah, well, guys, keep doing what you're doing. You're all wonderful. And then the subway <laughs> ride home is like, Oh man, my day's been made. That's all yeah. I needed for the day. Yeah. Right. Just a little bit of affirmation and validation mm -hmm. to know that you're making a difference because this type of work does actually make a difference. And when you get a student coming back in, there's a process we call feedback. Mm -hmm. When you had an encounter with a student and they come back for feedback and you tell them that you've observed a few things during that encounter would they mind you sharing it with them and they say no you tell them well if you had done this perhaps i would have felt this way or you did this i felt so good nah, nah, nah. Mm -hmm. and to see a light bulb come on to see a light bulb come on in the student's eyes in the student's head ah oh, man that's good that's good eating it really is. <laughs> That's good eating. Yeah, yeah. It's true. And, and when they thank you, yeah. Yeah. I have to say one thing about that. You reminded me. There is a... A student, a med student, this is several years ago at one of the institutions in DC, I was doing this particular Breaking Bad News case that I was mentioning earlier. And mm -hmm. I knew him from when I lived overseas in middle school. We did a play together. Oh, so okay. it was a small world and he was at this particular institution for med school. But I don't know if he recognized me. However, uh -huh. after he had done one of those segments interviewing me and breaking this bad news about cancer, mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking the whole time, do you, do you know who I am? Like, it does, or do you know it? Like, just in that weird, like, is this weird for you too? Or, and he did yeah, a yeah, fabulous yeah. job, I have to admit, number one. But what was uh -huh. fantastic was afterwards, I was packing up my things, we'd finished. He comes up to me separately and says, again, he doesn't say, hey, Katie, like, do you know, you remember me? He just uh -huh. is like, I got to tell you, that was really fantastic. That was such wow. a great job and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was just floored and I still didn't know if I should be like, it's me. <laughs> it's Katie. <laughs> I was in the show with you in 97. Um, but uh, I actually let it be. And I was like, if I ever run into him again, I'll tell him. But I needed that moment to stay that moment. Yeah. Uh, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And that was many years ago. And that sticks with me. And I just have to say, some actors love these Breaking Bad News encounters. Some of them do not. And I think the reason being is that what exactly you mentioned earlier, Cliff, is that it can sit with you for the rest of the day. And it yes, can, it can. For lack of a better word, it can emotionally ruin your day. Maybe not physically. Or it's, for me, I've had to take it easy on them sometimes because if I'm crying authentically multiple times, I may be able to emotionally and mentally move on, but my mm -hmm. eyes are still feeling like I was crying earlier that day. And so I struggle with that. And mm -hmm. I should also note that oftentimes, not always, that these cases are, are paid at a higher rate because yeah. they are very emotionally draining and emotionally yeah. draining that which is again a draw for people if they're looking not only to stretch and flex their acting chops and live in this emotion but also to make it just a little bit more money while they're doing it <laughs> and make a difference in that way well yeah. thank you so much cliff for sharing all of the stories and all of that info about breaking bad news and just your experiences as being a standardized patient for the last 15 or plus years plus years yes plus years. yes katie i appreciate you getting into touch with me and asking me to do this you've opened up a treasure chest of memories for me oh. trying to think of certain situations with students and then i deviated from that and if i've been doing this for like 15 or more years how many students have i actually seen been with 
I would really like to know that number. Yeah. Not that it means anything, but girl, I, there were some schools when they were doing eight-hour days, Oof. and you would see six, seven students a day, and yeah. especially during testing time, mm -hmm. all week long, you'd see six or seven students a day. Yeah. And that multiplied over 14, 15, 16 years. Wow. <sighs> Mercy. And yeah, a lot of them you have to think about from 15, 16 years ago have been now practicing medicine professionally for a long time. <laughs> I saw somebody on one, I was watching CNN one day and they brought in one of the doctors to talk about, you know, the pandemic and all of that. I wasn't sure, but it was like, Cliff, you can't be sure. You, you, that's not the same person. And you wouldn't remember them specifically. Mm -hmm. But he sure, his facial features, his name, there was just a little bell back there <laughs> going ding, 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 ding. And I let it drop because it was no way I could prove it. So I right. just let it go. But Save yourself, that, Cliff. Yeah. Sense. yeah, you may very yeah. well could have been. Because yeah. we've been in a lot of uh, med students and now doctors' lives at some point. So yeah, it's a pretty cool thing to realize yeah. that. So, But you said it's a cool thing, but in order for it to be cool, Katie, you got to like it. Yeah, you got to like enjoy it. what you're doing. It's not for everybody. No, no. <laughs> so if you want to be found, where can our listening audience find you? Go to YouTube and in the search engine, put it Cliff McMullen Demo Reel, R-E-E-L. And my demo reel and contact information is there. Please send money. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, please check out Cliff McMullen Demo Reel on the interwebs if you so choose. And thanks again, Cliff, for being an excellent guest and talking so freely and openly about your experience. It's been absolutely lovely to have Katie, you. Katie, thank you so much for inviting me. I've enjoyed this as much almost as seeing you at work. Oh, well, that is so <laughs> I take a, I take a huge <laughs> information in that. All right. Well, thank you again. And you can mm -hmm. find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the Standardized Patients Podcast. Thanks to Randy Sharp for the use of our theme song, Mr. Garita. You can find their music at Artlist. Thank you also to Catherine Bobolek for the behind-the-scenes work, audio post-production, and cover art. That's our show! See you next time as we encounter more standards of standardized patient work. <laughs> <laughs>